that HaKadosh Baruch is running the show. And it's dependent on us. What will be the outcome of the show? The cause is our tefillahs. And the result of our tefillahs is what's going to happen. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is The Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Shalom Avracha. I would like to share with you a simple but deep idea brought down by Rav Shimon Schwab Zatzal in his Sefer called Me'ein Beis HaShoeva. It says in our parsha in Perik Memal of Pasuk Ches, that suddenly in the morning, Paro was in shock. He woke up in distress. He couldn't take it. He didn't understand what is the stream that he's dreaming about. We know there were two dreams, one of the, one of the same. Where one of them was the seven skinny cows that ate the fat cows, and they remained skinny. But it seems like the skinny ate the fat cows. And that was very disturbing to him. Ask of Shuan Schwab the obvious question. It was just a dream. So it was two dreams. But still, what was so disturbing that he couldn't take it anymore? What's the idea behind it? And he answers, because at the time, he understood that the way the world works is that whoever's stronger, both in quantity and quality, they're the ones that are going to survive. As the famous idea, the survival of the fittest. And hence, based on this concept, he was always calm. He had no worries, not from other nations, because Mitzrayim, Egypt was the biggest empire at the time. They had witchcraft, they had a strong army, but also he wasn't worried from within the nation that people will come and rebel against him because even if people would do that, he knew they would be the minority and always the majority will, will win over. Suddenly, his whole philosophy collapsed in front of his face when he realizes in his dream, it seems not to be like that. The seven skinny cows ate the seven fat cows. How did that happen? And hence, he couldn't take it anymore. And in the morning, as he woke up, abruptly, he called all the top people, the Chartumei Mitzrayim, all the biggest experts, and said, we have to all, I have to tell you what happened. You have to figure out what, what, what's going on behind the scenes in this dream. And nothing appeased him until, of course, we know that Yosef interpreted the dream and calmed him down, and it made sense to him. Says Rashim and Schwab that you see that yes, it's not all about kochi ve'otzem yadi. It's not about who's going to beat who. It's going to be the stronger people. No, not necessarily. Maybe that's the optical illusion we see. But that's not necessarily true. Rashim and Schwab even connects it to Hanukkah, and he says perhaps, usually, that is why we read this parsha during Hanukkah time. This year, it's not the case because it's a leap year, but usually we read Pashas Miketz in Hanukkah. Perhaps it's because of this idea, because in Hanukkah, what we say every day on Hanukkah, we say to Hashem, wow, you saved us. Masarta, giborim biad chalashin. People that are courageous and strong, you, you let them fall into, into the hands of the weaker people, which was the Cheshmonaim. The, the, the and it's the same idea. And what's behind the idea? Behind the idea is it's evident that HaKadosh Baruch is running the show. And it's dependent on us how the show, what will be the outcome of the show. The cause is our tefillahs. And the effect and the result of our tefillahs is what's going to happen. What's the proof to that? There was no rain in the world until HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Adam Arishon, the first person. And when he was davening to Hashem for rain, then the rain could come. Because that is the spiritual DNA of the world. Everything in our worlds and the worlds above us, it's all dependent on the avoidah of the Yidin. How are we davening? How are we doing maise mitzvahs? How are we learning Torah, chesed, etc., etc.? And that is how the, wor the world runs. Now is what Parok couldn't understand. But we know that's the truth. The Sifte Chaim asks a question. If you look at tefillah, 
that we do in Alanisim, we say, Masartar Giborim Beyad Khalashim, Rabim Beyad Meatim, Tmeim Beyad Teorim, Reshaim Beyad Sadikim. And he asks, if you think about it, at first glance, some of these defy logic. You would have thought there's no way the weak would beat the, the mighty. You would have thought that the minority will not be the, beat the, the majority. But yes, that's exactly what happened. But then you move on and the next clause says, and you gave the Rishayim to fall into the arms of Tzadikim. That makes sense. Isn't that the way the world runs? It's thanks to the Tzadikim that overcome the Rishayim. And the Sifte Chaim answers, really, they're all the reason. All of what we say in al is the actual reason why Bnei Israel, the Chashmonoim, were able to, to beat the Yavanim. And that's because it's thanks to the fact we were weaker. It's thanks to the fact that we were the minority, that there was no room to make the mistake of It wasn't us that won. It was because HaKadosh Buhu decided based on our spirituality level that we will deserve to win. Just like it makes sense that Tzadikim would beat the Rishayim, the righteous will beat the wicked. So too, because it's so obvious it's not thanks to us, that, to our physical strength that we will beat them because it was evident we didn't have physical strength compared to them. And hence there was no room to make the mistake. And we turned to HaKadosh Buhu and we knew that it's only thanks to Hashem. And therefore, that is exactly what promised defeating the Yavonim. And that is how the world runs. How true is this today in our days that we have to realize with a lot of Ishtadlis that we're doing, but we have to always turn to Hashem and please, we have to daven to Hashem do extra mitzvahs, extra tehillim like, like the Velt is doing right now to ensure to get us out of this dangerous time that we are a part of. For Jews all around the world, especially for the soldiers right now in the front lines. Hanukkah very much so represents this idea because we know Chazal teach us that the reason they came and stopped and this, the Yavanim came, the Greeks came and halted the Beis HaMikdash from functioning is because we didn't take the Avoida in the Beis HaMikdash seriously. But we did a tikkun for that because we showed HaKadosh Buhu how much we were moiser nefesh to do our best to bring it back. And even though we were able to use that little pach of shemen, and even though the shemen was tameh, and we're allowed to because tumahutra betzibo, there are certain times when everyone's tameh impure, you're allowed to use impure shemen, but that wasn't good enough. We showed Hashem we wanted to be perfect. And based on that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the miracle of eight days. And everyone asked the question, the Beis Yosef's famous kasha, why is Hanukkah eight days? It should be really only seven days because one day it makes sense that that oil should have lasted. So why is it eight days? There are many answers to this question. But one answer is based on the fact that the fact that oil gets consumed and turns into fire and is something that's flammable, that in itself represents nature and that's also a miracle. We have to remember that, that Teva itself, nature, is one big miracle. And we mentioned this several times, that there's a hint it because Ha-Teva, the nature, is in Gematria 86, the same as Elohim. Aleph Lamed, Hey, Yud Mem, is also 86. Nature is an optical illusion, but really it's a Kadosh Buhu. And everything that happens, we have to realize, is part of this big plan coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We see this also in our Parsha itself. The beginning of the Parsha, If you just look at the order of events that happened, we would say, oh, an amazing thing. Finally, Yosef gets freed out of jail. But Chazal tell us it's not exactly like that. You think he was let out of jail because of that Paro needed someone to uh, interpret his dream? It's quite the contrary. It's only because it was time for Yosef to leave jail, like the Shbuch orchestrated that Parah will have a dream and that Yosef will be in command later on. 
But really, Chazal tell us, He should have really been let out two years before. And the only reason it got pushed off to another two years, says Rabbeinu Bechaye, exactly to the day. And that's why it says the word days over there. The reason being that on Yosef's very high level, he shouldn't have put so much faith into the Salamashkim and say, Oh, please don't forget me. Twice he said to him, Please don't forget me. And tell people how I know to interpret dreams. So Hashem made him forget. And Hashem said, for that you're going to have to stay another two years. Once again, you see the cause and effect are based on the Kaddish Bohu's plan and based on how we act. And that's how the spiritual world affects the reality. If you look at the world with these glasses, everything changes. Everything has a new perspective. You can say that the brothers of Yosef went down to Egypt because there was a famine. But the other way of looking at it is HaKadosh Buchu ensured there would be a famine to ensure that Bnei Yisrael come down to live in Egypt so that the true redemption will come, so that they'll become a nation and get Matan Torah and Hal Sinai and eventually go to Eretz Yisrael, etc, etc. As we know, HaKadosh Buchu looked at the Torah and based on that he created the world. To summarize this idea, that Tvunot by the Ramchal talks about it at length. There's a certain map that HaKadosh Buchu created and the end result will always be the same. The Shaila is up to us how we're going to get to that end state, that end result. It's totally based on our actions. How are we going to act? If we act the way Hashem wants us to act, based on Torah and Mitzvah, like the Torah dictates to us, then the path will be more pleasant. I would like to add a true story that happened two weeks ago to my daughter's teacher. Two weeks ago on Friday morning, there was a pigua in Yerushalayim, and she was one of the people that was badly injured. She had a four-hour operation. And some tzaddikim go around to these people that were hit hard in the piguim, and they pretty much try to please them by giving them anything they request. So they went to this 24-year-old who is not yet married, and they asked her after a four-hour operation to try to put a smile on her face, we're willing to give you anything you want. We'll try to do our best to meet your request. What would you like us to give you? And because she had such clarity as to what the purpose of life is, she didn't even flinch. It was so obvious what her request was. Her request was that her father's kolel get money to support the Avrechim who are dedicating their lives to Torah and they're not getting much money at all. And Bohash this tzaddik was able to get a very big sum of money the next day already to her father for the kolel. It's an amazing thing to think of what she went through and still she has this clarity of what life is all about. Yiratzoin, that's similar to this lady we will be able to have clarity of what life is all about, that everything's part of a big plan that Kaddish Buchu has for us. And we can make the path a lot more pleasurable if we act accordingly to the way the Torah dictates us to act. Like a lot are doing now, to do our best to help the soldiers, to show Kaddish Buchu how we are united. And we're trying to work together with having Hashem in the middle, Hashem-centric, and everyone work together to help each other out to strengthen each, each other's kesher with HaKadosh Buhu, like David HaMelech says, life is all about kirvas elokim litoiv. What do we really want? To get close to Hashem. Yiratzon, that will be zoiche. Now the ending of the days of Hanukkah, and we're going into Parashas Miketz, which screams out this idea. Yiratzon, that will be zoiche. To live this idea, and be zoiche to have a pleasurable path to the end game that Hashem has planned us, which of course would lead to Mashiach Tzidkenu and to all of us being united in Olam Abba. Have a good Shabbos. And if you're listening to this while it's still Hanukkah, Afreilchem Hanukkah.
This concludes another episode of the Prism of Terror. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and give a five-star rating. You can also find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or our own website, prismofterror.com, where we have a full archive of all our past episodes. We would like to thank Yona Veffa for the recording equipment and Ellie Podcast Productions for handling all our post-podcast productions. Join us next week for another lightning conversation on the Prism of Terror.